Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, IDP Army. Everything about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It is your man, Jordan Reigns, and we are back again for another episode of the IDP Army podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to have probably one of the more popular episodes of the season because we are going to be talking linebacker rankings. We're going to go through our top 12. That is myself and Joe, and he gets under the show in just a minute. And we're going to talk through the top 12 linebackers coming into this season. We're going to tell you guys how we're looking at this uh, this year's 2021 rankings. Uh, who we think is going to perform the best, why, and we're going to get you out of here, but then come back next week, and we're going to have part two of that episode up as well, so we'll go through our entire top 24. You're going to want multiple linebackers like this on your team. Uh, We'll explain that all to you. Um, If it's your first time listening, we appreciate that. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell um, so you can be alerted. Leave a comment. Let us know if we left anyone off that you're into or who you maybe be lower on. We would appreciate any and all feedback, and we'll help you guys with questions uh, if you have any starting lineup stuff. Um, and yeah, we just want to say welcome into the show. And if you've been here before, obviously we appreciate you guys. IDP Army, you rock, uh, which is what I wanted to say today. Um, I want to start today with a few housekeeping notes. First off, Patreon. You guys, we have almost 50 Patreons now. That's so incredible to me. Um, It's really humbling. It's awesome to see that the community really, the IDP Army community is out there and that they care and that they're supporting us and they're moving the needle forward with fantasy football. Um, It's making a difference. You know, the show's content's getting better. We're, you know, adding other shows to our stream. Uh, You know, we're going to be able to go to the FF Expo in Canton, Ohio and do some networking stuff. We're able to, you know, get our credibilities up as well, you know, and that's thanks to you guys, the IDP Army. Um, And just thank you so much for contributing on the Patreon. We love you guys there. Um, You know, the next thing I want to talk about is Monkey Knife Fight. That is, you know, our one of our sponsors or affiliates. And that is such a, a huge deal for us. And this is why. We have talked for a long time, the IDP community, everyone talks about it. It's brought up in conversation that once DFS gets involved with IDP fantasy football, it's going to push fantasy football forward quicker than anything else. Monkey Knife Fight has shown interest. They've talked to me about putting IDP games into their system. They are interested in this, this concept that we have told them about. They're actively wanting to look into something like this. And guys, the best way for us to show them that 
it will move the needle forward for them and for us is to go sign up for monkey knife fight use our code idp army they can track that stuff they will see how many people are coming into their platform that are representative of our community and that's going to give them more incentive to up their games on their platform for us to play so it's not just like something we're doing because it's like a money grab thing it's something we're really doing we want to partner with them long term for idp fantasy football so they're 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 a good company they're a good brand and they like i say in our commercial you know for them our app for them they represent what we represent to the community i feel like so if you play daily fantasy at all, we have, you know, golf, big weekend of golf this last weekend. We have the NBA playoffs. OK, football will be back before you know it. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight. Use our promo code. It's going to do more than just put a dollar or two in our pocket. It's going to move the needle forward for IDP fantasy football. So go do that. We would super appreciate that. Other thing I want to say is that, you know, the, the, the fantasy footballers, you know, I've, I've heard them talk before in different spots about IDP content. You know, I've seen it pop up on their website conversation. You know, I think they are they're guys that if they get involved with IDP and now that they are doing the dynasty pass, they might in the future. So if you guys see, you know, openings in their timelines or they're asking, you know, questions or comments about how they can improve, you know, just a gentle nudge toward IDP. That's another thing that the IDP Army community can do to to help that out. So I would encourage you guys to do that. I want to say Sleeper, um, obviously, big thanks to them. They're the platform we play on that we promote. Um, you know, they I, they let me in their back. Of, you know, back into their data to help them set their IDP ADP to start the year out, which was a huge, you know, privilege, you know, and something I was really humbled to be able to do and glad to have that opportunity to do. They're the platform that we play through our designations on. They're the platform that we recommend people play on. They're the platform that all of our IDP leagues are on. So, you know, shout out to Sleeper. Um, they have a channel over there, the IDP Fantasy Football Channel. We're going to be doing a mailbag show soon, and I made a thread over there. The, the questions we're going to answer first and foremost are going to be off of that Sleeper channel. So go over there, IDP Fantasy Football on Sleeper, the channel, and there should be a thread there. If you have questions and answers, we will answer the questions there first and foremost. From there, we'll answer, obviously, the, all the Patreon questions that we have. We're going to answer on the question and answer show. And then if we have anything else, anything else that we're doing a live stream or anything from Twitter or YouTube comments that we feel like we need to address we will also answer those. We don't do many mailbag shows. We don't answer a lot of questions on the show. We do that a lot more on the Twitter streets, you know, in the comment section. But we're going to do a show where we're going to, you know, talk to you guys about some of your primary questions. So go, like I said, to Sleeper Channel, IDP Fantasy Football. Go in there. Leave us your question. We will do our best to get that into the show. Not our best. It will be in the show if you put that question there. Um, so, yeah. And then remember, we have a new show, Offensive Points. That's with Billy. That is with Joe. That is with Josh. I'll be on there in a week or two uh, to chop it up with them. It's a fantasy football, fantasy sports, you know, lifestyle, culture, brand, whatever, you know, talk show. You know, they, they play fantasy football. They're guys that are in leagues like us. They're they're in several of my leagues. Uh, and honestly, their show is really interesting. They're a mix of, you know, Joe's like semi-pro golfer uh josh is uh, i don't know what josh does uh, <laughs> he's an eagles fan poor guy and then uh billy though he, he's a huge fantasy football connoisseur he knows the ins and outs of fantasy or of college football like crazy so there there's a whole different vibe over there go check their show out i'm gonna be on there soon so like i said that's all the housekeeping stuff i had to do today appreciate you idp army so much um and yeah now we're gonna do the show we're gonna talk linebackers i'm gonna bring my man joe in joe what up going on man excited to be here yeah we're happy to have you it's always a pleasure to see your smiling face yeah 
Yeah, I was uh, thinking it was going to be a quiet Monday, and then the Julio news broke. So I'm pretty uh, got my blood flowing already for fantasy football on a Monday morning. Yeah, that was a crazy sleeper alert to see coming through. Uh, about especially that it was just like a live. This just this just in. Like, oh, yeah. shit, oh shit! Oh, Shannon Sharp, and then of course your league chats all start buzzing away. So blowing up, and what nobody's talking about is Calvin Ridley's stock climbing. Dude, he's already been to the moon. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, with People Julio sleeping. Wait till Woo! Julio's gone. I will say this: I had my Kyle. I have one Kyle Pitts share, and I thought about trading it last night. Now I'm just like, well, I just sit on it. See what happens. See what happens. You know, maybe I'm a believer. Trying to get for pits. I don't even know. That's the thing. I was going to try to get a lot, obviously, Um, but I don't know. I might just see what happens with him. So, yeah. But uh, we should go ahead and jump into our linebacker rankings. As always, like we said, the players will be through the sleeper designations. Uh, We will not be talking about um, guys that are dual tag, DL, and linebacker because we talked about those guys on the DL shows. Go back, check those out. Those are the last two, three episodes of the stream. If you're on the channel, go look for those top defensive linemen. Uh, But we're going to be talking just about your off-ball linebackers today, and we are going to start at the very tip top, this is kind of obvious to me and probably obvious to a lot of you, but our number one linebacker going into the year is going to be Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. In 2020, he had 132 combined tackles, three sacks, 22 cumulative impact plays, which you love to see, especially in an abbreviated season, only played 14 games, seven tackles for loss, and was averaging 20.6 PPR points per or not ppr points <laughs> uh, idp one two three points per game joe uh obviously devin white didn't beat him out for you either it looks like here in our rankings uh why is he darius leonard still your number one uh well he's just consistent we've we've had him now for you know three seasons and like you said he he does miss a few games here and there but when he's in and on the field he's disruptive year in year out um this is his fourth year he's coming in and he's he just shows up every year um, now, Devin White, I know, splashed onto the scene and, and is exciting. And he, he almost, you know, can take over this spot, you know, perhaps in the years to come. But for now, it's it's still Darius Leonard at the top for me. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's interesting. No interceptions this last year. Uh, in 2019, he had five. You think of him as being a really good coverage linebacker, given how disruptive he is. But I was kind of looking at some of his PFR stats last night. Um he allowed a little bit more, uh, a little better QBR rating than I thought I would have seen there. But you know, with him, you can always count on the the extremely high tackle floor. Like I said, thirteen or one hundred and thirty-two in fourteen games. I mean, that's almost ten a game to go along with what is essentially two impact plays per game uh, average across his career, which is, I mean, that's super elite. Um, so that puts him on pace pretty much yearly to hit almost thirty, which. If you you know have listened to the show before, you know that a couple of the only guys that really that hit thirty this last year, um, off ball linebacker wise, were Roquan Smith and Devin White. But for me, Darius Leonard is still number one because of like you said, we have so many years of this from him. Points per game basis, he's always. This is the first year that he wasn't a leader at the linebacker position, I believe. Um, even against your offensive players, he's always one of the higher points per game guys in IDP one two three. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just, I'm just here for it. You know, I, I don't I don't expect him to be worse. Uh, they're talking contracts information, so t- contract stuff. So he's you know, I, I think he I still think we have some of his best football left. He hasn't won a defensive player of the year yet. Hasn't really been in that conversation, and I think he's that caliber player. So 
we should uh, maybe see just be expecting more great things from him. Yeah. And um, I really love that we're getting this production without him having a high sack total. You know, that's kind of comforting knowing he doesn't have to do that to, to be elite. I think that's pretty awesome. Cause he like, if you look up the amount of uh, pressures or actually the amount of times he blitzes, it's a pretty small number. I mean, last year he only blitzed 45 times. So it's just nice to know that you don't have to rely on sacks with him. Yep. Very true. Very true. All right, well, we're going to move on to number two. We already talked about him briefly just a moment ago, but that is Devin White. Some people do have him at linebacker one, and I, you know, I don't fault them for that. He had an absolutely incredible season this last year. It was only his second year in the NFL. Uh, 30 impact plays, nine of those sacks. Uh, Todd Bowles comes to town after, you know, taking a hike out of the Jets, and he's rushing, he's using his players to rush the passer uh, creatively. And Devin White is the the benefactor, the primary benefactor this year, take gobbling up nine sacks. That took away some sacks from Shaq Barrett this year. That probably took away a couple of sacks from Jason Pierre-Paul this year. But, um, you know, I don't think they're going to stop using Devin White in this fashion where they're having him rush the passer. He does come in at number two for me. And, you know, again, it's just about the consistency. The Tampa Bay offense and defense is supposed to be bringing back basically everybody. Um, so why would, you know, it's this is a, a classic run it back scenario. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to run it back, in my opinion. Yeah, no, he and he's a lot of fun to watch. He is everywhere. If you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, he's and they're on defense. He's in your sight picture almost every play. Um, he does struggle, at least so far in his career, with uh, pass coverage. But, you know, when you're getting to the quarterback nine times and you're you're so disruptive everywhere else, you know, he's got he's been in the league for two years and he has four touchdowns. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the pass coverage. He's allowed for it. He has two oh, okay. touchdowns. Himself. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that was nuts. He's had a couple of touchdowns, I know yeah. for sure. Uh, I don't think he'll get nine sacks again. I just had to put that out there in case somebody's like, Ooh. he's not going to get nine sacks. He's going to get a lot of sacks, though, because they're going to keep blitzing him because um, yeah. he can he can get home. You got Indomitian Sue, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Shaq Barrett, whose primary job is to do that on every given down, essentially. And then sometimes you're calling Devin White's number. He's just basically flying through the line completely unhindered. I don't know if you saw the tweet this week, but they said uh, he had a foot race this week with who was it? It was like Henry Ruggs. It was uh, it was Justin Jefferson. It was uh, White. And it was like Nicole Hardman. And uh, and he came in third. Uh, he beat oh, Justin Jefferson in a foot race by he came in like a four three something, just like in, in tennis shoes or whatever. Right. So he's you know, people are like, oh, people just think he's just fast. Well, he's fast. I mean, and that's part of what makes him so good. So I got him going. I got him projected right now, which I started working on my projections a little bit, which is going to be a fun exercise. I got him down for six. I still think he's going to get home for quite a few this year. So he comes in at number two. And right now in my projections, that lines up with where I have him. So uh, we have Devin White coming in at number two for us at our linebacker rankings. Any final thoughts on him? Or do you think this time next year he's going to be our number one? I think he definitely has the uh, potential to do that for sure. Um, I just like, like you, you've said as well, I just want to see him do it again. You know, once we get a few years of consistency out of him, then, then we know that there's, there's, there's no chance this guy's going anywhere. Um, and I, he's so much fun to watch. He's, he's almost unobtainable in you know, IDP leagues right now, which is kind of a shame because I don't have any shares of him, 
but uh, he, he goes so high and people just value him so high. And as they should, I'm the same way with Darius Leonard. So I definitely understand. It. Yeah, Darius Leonard. I mean, those guys, you can't, like you said, it's hard to trade for those guys now that they've really kind of solidified themselves as tops options because the floor they provide you every week, I mean, it just covers your ass on so many positions. So, yeah, love that. All right, we'll come in at number three. At Chicago, we have Roquan Smith. Young linebacker, third year of Chicago Bears, played 16 games this last year. He had 339 uh, fantasy points and IDP 1-2-3 scoring. 18 tackles for loss, which is really interesting. Uh, that put him at second in the league, only behind T.J. Watt. Uh, it was his first year uh, obtaining double-digit tackles for loss, I believe, which is why I was kind of curious. Uh, led the linebackers over Devin, White, or over Devin White in impact plays. He had 33. I think a lot of people assume Devin White had the most impact plays just because he had the sacks. But it was actually Roquan Smith when you combine everything together between the tackles for loss, the pass deflections, uh, four sacks as well. Um, you know, there's a, there's a legitimate argument, in my opinion, for all three of these guys uh, to finish as the number one next season. What do you think about Roquan Smith? You're a, a closet a Chicago Bears fan, aren't you? Yeah, no, not at all. But I love Roquan Smith. And this offseason, before last year, a lot of people were saying Roquan Smith was kind of overhyped. He's not as good as people think. And then in 2020, basically across the board, his numbers increased. I mean, his past deflections went up. Uh, his sack totals, you know, four. It was up from two the year before. His overall tackle total went up. Tackles for loss more than double his career high. You know, like you said, 18. You know, he had six quarterback hits. Just across the board, he outperformed, you know, what he had done before. And he was already a heavily sought-after linebacker in IDP. So I love seeing that. And I, I don't really see a world where he's going to drop outside the top five. And like you said, he he very well could be a number one overall IDP asset in the next five years. Yeah, and I mean Chicago, they 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 like their middle linebackers, so there's the, a good chance for that second contract to get picked up there. Um, the continuity—that's something I love to see. I thought it was curious that he did have a really good year this year when Vic Fangio kind of had moved on as a defensive coordinator, um, and so that's how he you know he ends up with all these tackles for loss. Maybe they're just letting him off the chain a little bit yeah. more. So, but I mean that's good for IDP owners. I love you know behind the line of scrimmage plays. Always high leverage, always a chance to disrupt. I mean, even if you if you don't force fumble behind the line of scrimmage on the quarterback is the best place to do it because versus downfield, you have so much less distance to run to actually recover that for a touchdown. If you can get it on the quarterback and you're the farthest man back there, I mean, odds of you actually being able to score are so much higher than just punching it out, you know, in the middle of a pile or whatever. So yeah. those are the best disruptive plays to get are the behind the line of scrimmage, you know, disruptive plays from guys like Roquan Smith um, who did uh, – He's not really a forced fumble machine, though, here. This is kind of curious. I'm looking at his uh, production profile in the index. Only one career forced fumble. It's kind of curious. I would have thought there would have been more going on from him there. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to hold it against him, though. I mean, if you're getting four sacks and 18 tackles for a loss, hey. you're <laughs> still Everything else up. is there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fumbles will come. I mean, that's the things that sometimes is a fluke. You know, at times you see guys get this crazy high, you know, forced fumble season. It's like. You can't count on that. No, you're right. You can't. Some guys are really good at it, though. They consistently do it. I think we brought that up with Khalil Mack last week when we brought brought him up. So, But, uh, all right, we'll move on. I'll bring up the whole list here for you guys. I got number five on the list. We have Blake Martinez, linebacker for the New York 
Giants. I love me some Blake Martinez uh, because he's basically discount Bobby Wagner. If you know Bobby Wagner is an IDP fantasy football, he's basically Julio Jones. I mean, he's a one every single season. He has the ability to finish as the one that week. He's going to finish in the top five basically every season. Um, he kind of gets disrespected. Maybe not disrespected, uh, but it was a little worry last year when he left Green Bay to go to the Giants because he was changing teams. Uh, but he ended up going for his fourth straight season of over 140 combined tackles, hit 151, 21 impact plays, which you love to see it. I love, you know, people are like, oh, Bobby Wagner, he just can, all he does is tackle. He sucks. That's what all the Green Bay people said. But I'm like, he's doing more than I think you really realize if you, you know, if you actually paid attention, you didn't latch onto this narrative that he sucks. I mean, he consistently is getting home for tackles or not tackles for sacks. Um, three this year, three last year, five the year before, um, you know, and he's not necessarily blitzing a fuck ton. I mean, he's blitzing, but not a lot. So, you know, you like to see that he got nine tackles for a loss this year. Um, you know, ended up with 19.3 points per game. What are your thoughts on him going into this next year? I mean, for me, I mean, he's he, he has the chance, just as good a chance as anybody to finish as the linebacker one of the season. No, I agree with you. And he he's a guy that a lot of people may not know a lot about because he's on the New York Giants and you don't think of there being such a, an asset on the defensive side there. But there is, you know, he's a great, you know, hidden gem, basically. And, you know, 21 impact plays in 2020. I mean, he's 2019, he had 14, 2018, 18. And then, you know, a career high in 2017 with 25. So the impact plays are there. He's disruptive. And I really think, you know, with him at the helm, that defense is going to improve a lot after their draft this year and what they've been able to do. Um, their defense might shock some people. Yeah. I mean, I think they kind of already did last year, you know, yeah. with the way they were able to at least stay competitive um, in some games or keep them close with all of with the lack of offense they were able to generate. Uh, yeah, I'm looking here in the index, you know, he had 18 points from tackles for losses last year. That's a pretty good chunk. Um, 18 points accumulated through sacks, 15 through passes defended. So, you know, he's able to hold his own in more than just the sack department from what I'm seeing here, but are the, the tackle department. But his tackles, his solo tackles are consistently so high. I mean, in the 90s, basically every single year. And this last year was 86. But with this extra game this season, we're going to get that seven game, uh, 17 games. I think somebody has a chance to push up to like 170 tackles this year. So yeah. Blake Martinez could be that guy. If I had money to put on somebody, I'd probably put it on Zach Cunningham though. Cause I think he's going to play buckets of snaps this year because uh, Deshaun Watson situation, but yeah. And, and speaking of snaps, you know, Blake Martinez, he's broke a thousand snaps the last each of the last three years. So you can count on him being out there every, every game. Yeah. Every down, every game, you know, Blake Martinez is a guy you can rely on and you don't have to pay top tier price for him. You know, I mean, there's guys that we're going to talk about lower down this list. Fred Warner, um, you know, Patrick Queen, Devin Bush that will, may even be taken before Blake Martinez in your startup drafts or even in your redraft drafts. So don't be that guy. Definitely do not sleep on what Blake Martinez brings to the field every single week for you. So we're going to move on to our number five linebacker we got joe Schobert for you guys this is one of my favorite players in the whole nfl i love me some all pro joes we call them 141 tackles this last year two and a half sacks 19 impact plays which he consistently gets up there in the impact plays which you love to see and he does not get the credit for three interceptions this last year he had three interceptions this year and then the previous year he had four 
Uh, all, in the, all ended up as 19 points per game at the linebacker position. Uh, second year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he signed a pretty good contract down there. Now the team, you know, with the number one overall draft pick and a new running game and a new quarterback, uh, he might be in some more favorable situations. Um, what, what do you like or dislike about uh, Joe Schobert this year, Joe? Well, there's nothing really to dislike about him. And I, I, I still to this day cannot believe what Cleveland's been doing for their defense. And imagine having Joe Schobert still there. So whenever they let him walk and let Jacksonville sign him, that was – I honestly thought there was something up. And when he showed up and he had the year he had this year, I was like, shoot, I guess they, Cleveland doesn't know what they're doing. Because Joe Schobert's a top, you know, six, seven linebacker in any any fashion you want to look at, and they let him walk. So I really couldn't believe that. And Jacksonville took the chance on him, and it's paying off. He uh, he's a consistent stud. Consistent stud, I love that. For like, and it, the proof is right there. Fourth most combined tackles in the league this last year with 141. Fourth straight season with multiple sacks. Back to back, like I said, multi interception season. Third season in a row as a top uh, 10 linebacker um, of the last four years. I'm sorry. Third re- season of the last four as a top 10 linebacker. So the only season he was not a top 10 linebacker was, uh, I believe it was 2018 when he missed a couple of games. But even then, before that, he was pacing as a top 10 linebacker. He consistently has slept on. He's not talked about the way that he should be, and he's not valued the way he should be probably in your in your leagues. So, Joe Schober, uh, a stud down in Jacksonville, and they're, they're starting to accumulate quite a few of those. If they could just get a competent coach now, uh, you know, maybe maybe things would get get right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There's a big we'll see. All right, well, our next guy on this list is Jalen Smith. Um, you guys know I love Jalen Smith, you know, Cowboys linebacker. He, get, he got a lot of hate this last year, mainly, I believe, was because uh, – you know, they showed that one primetime game. It was on, a, what was it, a Thanksgiving, and he he got burned a couple of times. And he just – he has this thing where when everybody's watching it's when he plays his worst football, unfortunately. And I've seen it happen a couple of times. But as far as uh, being a consistent fantasy producer, he had career highs in combined tackles this year with 154, second most in the league, 89 solos, uh, which was seventh in the league, 15 impact plays, which is down a little. But I'm optimistic that he's going to be able to – uh, get back up to what he's a little bit more known for. The last two years, according to the index, he had 22 and 23 impact plays. So I expect him to get back up to that former number, especially with the Cowboys bringing Dan Quinn in, um, who helped Deion Jones and Foisade Olakun both have very uh, disruptive seasons last year with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, and it's his fourth season playing 16 games. So I think we can kind of move away from the Jalen Smith injury narratives. Not that those are still around anymore, really. Um, but, you know, when you talk about Jalen Smith, you do inevitably talk about injury or pretty much any Cowboys linebacker. The word injury has to be thrown around three or four times or else you really can't claim to know what you're talking about because it's just a fact of nature unless it's Jalen Smith. So, like I said, third straight season, also with 120 plus tackles. Third straight season as a linebacker one in IDP fantasy football coming in for us at linebacker six. Joe, what are your thoughts on Jalen Smith? Um, yeah, he's 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 great. He's awesome. Um, but I think Micah Parsons is going to take over. There's a chance he could take over this role year one. I really think so. I think Micah Parsons could can really Jalen Smith is really good. He's elite. And Mike Parsons might be right there with him. 
So my so, one Jalen Smith share, I've already slowly kind of kind of put offers out there to see what what I can get for him. Trying to get ahead you, of that. What are you? Uh, you don't think that LVE is the odd man out? Oh yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. Well, Smith should he's be a, fine. Smith's value should be fine. He'll be on the field. Yeah, he will. No, and of course, two linebackers can can both live in, on the same team. I know that. But Micah Parsons is gonna is gonna step up, and I think we're not gonna see a huge disparity in the stats from a rookie linebacker with this four year vet. You know, who is elite. So I think uh, Dallas Cowboys, for IDP purposes, could be a lot of fun to watch for their linebacker. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, I, I, I'd say better than even Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith because Danny Trevathan's quietly a really good linebacker, too, for IDP. Um, I think they're going to top that in year one. Nice. Hey, a good, good young duo. I always love it. I like stacking defensive players like that. So, uh, guys, gals, thank you for tuning in. We will be right back. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly, so you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your Dynasty League at any given moment. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. Yeah, buddy, after that smooth intro, we got the smooth commercial. Uh, guys, go check out the index, though, for real. This week, just, just in the past two days, I've updated Dante Fowler, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who I think a uh, sneaky uh, episode coming up soon on some sneaky guys. I think that Ryan Kerrigan is a very sneaky player this next year to be – highly productive defensive line player so he got an index update uh zach cunningham ended up getting an index update this week he ended up moving into the top tier he's actually the next guy we're going to talk about and i also did uh in the reference section provide links to mike clay's projections so you guys can look at those that's what he has for espn those are all median projections i believe is how he does that so just gives you kind of a jumping off point on you know somebody uh somebody who's uh, very well versed in how the nfl works and how uh, playtime structured and all that, how he's kind of viewing the 17 game season. He has some, you know, interesting snap counts in there. Uh, so things that I've noted, and I think I tweeted about, or maybe put on the Patreon, but go check those out as well. I included a reference point for that. So we will now get back to the show and we're going to talk about our number seven overall linebacker coming into this season. And that is going to be the man I just brought up. Zach Cunningham, who got an update in the index this week. You know, I really thought it was time just to, to sit back and realize that a guy who can put up 164 tackles just deserves to be in a, a – he's tier one. You know, I mean, it's not – I know the impact plays are low, and if you guys have listened to the show, that's kind of always been my knock on Zach Cunningham. But his efficiency as a tackler is just – I mean, it's otherworldly. This last year, he basically averaged 10 tackles a game, over 10 tackles a game. 
Okay, that's insane. Okay, he had the second most tackles in the league the year before that. And he's not even playing 100% of snaps. He's playing like 80, 85% of snaps. Now, the reason I think that this year could really be an incredible year for him and for IDP production is because, like you said, Deshaun, you know, we have a situation where this quarterback's going to be Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills or just somebody you don't want to be your quarterback. Okay. Um, And that guy is not going to keep the offense on the field very long. So even if Zach or Cunningham here plays his usual 85% of snaps, that's going to be 85% of like 1,300 snaps or some insane number like that because we got an extra game and we have probably the worst offense in the NFL, the worst team in the NFL. Um, they're going to be running the clock out the entire second half, and he's just going to be gobbling tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. So Zach Cunningham comes in number seven for us. Joe, what are you? What are your thoughts on the prospects of Zach Cunningham? Is he a little disrespected in the IDP world? He is, and everything you're saying spot on. And another thing that we have to remember is they didn't do anything to to help that defense this offseason, really. I mean, he is still the linebacker to have there, you know. And even with JJ Watt moving on, I mean, he's he's the premier guy um, at, at Zach Cunningham's defense, and with his tackle floor. Like you're saying, I mean, him pushing past 170 is possible in a 16-game season. So now to throw another game in the mix, it's crazy to think, I mean, that he can he can reach that level. And, you know, 13 impact plays is a little low, but whenever, you know, he's getting that floor, who cares, you know, at that point? I mean, if you can get 10 tackles a game out of a guy, you know, he's a, he's a start every week, obviously. And I think he does, does get a little hate for uh, having such a high tackle floor and then not to be so impactful elsewhere. But when that IDP points per game is 19.6, you know, who cares how you're getting them at that point? Yeah, I think part of the reason he kind of gets hated on too is because really all he does, like you said, is tackle. But there's another way to look at that, and that is, you know, what if he does have a season where he pops? You know, what if he does have a few more plays fall his way? You know, and then you're looking at a guy with – the highest tackle numbers in the league. And suddenly he's putting up, uh, you know, with the number of snaps that he's got and maybe just a little bit of, of pure luck putting up a high number of impact plays. Um, he could, he could easily be number one if he had a couple of things fall his way. And, you well, know, and, and think now, I mean, he's now going against Carson Wentz twice. So yep. there could be a couple. There's a, stumbles, there's a pick. Recoveries. Yeah. There's easy. Trevor Lawrence, you know, an unproven, rookie quarterback coming in with a new head coach, you know, a whole new regime. So, you know, who knows what's going on with that too. So, you know, it's the opportunity is going to be there. Yeah. Carson Wentz will throw him an interception or two for sure. Yeah. I think part of the reason he gets hated on is because his contract is so big. Um, What do you get a $58 million contract four year deal? I mean, he's basically the biggest bandit in, uh, in Houston right now because he's getting paid and the expectations are so low, so yeah. so low. All he's got to do is walk up in the building. <laughs> yeah, go up. He's going to get his 10 tackles. He's going to cash his check <laughs> Go home. Coach, I got my 10 tacks. Now. Yep. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Who we got next on this list? Let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. Oh, man, it's Bobby Wagner coming in for us at number eight. Bobby's probably seeing this somewhere on. He's probably watching the show. He's probably watching the stream right now. He's going to be in the comments like, man, hey, that's too low. Bobby, listen, listen. Here's the thing. 
these other guys are just a little younger and a little cooler. Okay, so you're old news, bro. You're yeah, old you're old. <laughs> 19 impact plays in 2020. Uh, his ninth season with the Seattle Seahawks. So he is a, a definition of a true veteran. Fifth straight season with 130 plus tackles. Only his third season in the nine years. Uh, this last season, did he hit double digit tackles for loss? I found that kind of interesting when I was doing research on him. That in nine seasons, you know, Bobby Wagner, a guy who's known for reading the play and knowing what's going to happen, you know, can't get behind the line of scrimmage a few more times than that in his career. You know, what do I know though? Uh, twenty twenty was his first season since twenty fifteen that he hasn't been selected first team All Pro. So that was kind of interesting as well. Um, he'll be 31 when the season starts. I, I kind of think he's going to be a, he's a linebacker one. I don't think we're going to get a lot of prolific play out of Bobby Wagner this year. Um, you know, his impact plays have kind of been trending down just a, just a little bit, um, you know, just as he's aged, aged a little bit. But I mean, that's just part of the nature of what that defense is now um, in Seattle. 19 impact plays this year, 19 in 2019. 23, 25, the two seasons previously, looking at the index for that. What are your thoughts on Bobby Wagner? I think, you know, line, low end linebacker one seems fair. It is. And really, as a fantasy manager of his in a few leagues, um, I think if you are a manager of Bobby Wagner, you really got to look at see how the season goes. Because if I'm not in a win now scenario and the Seattle Seahawks are still kind of I wouldn't say in turmoil, but they're not trending up and then things look like they could go south after the season. I think I would try to try to ship Bobby Wagner out for what I could get. Um, KJ Wright is probably gone after this season. Who knows what's going to go on with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. I think personally Pete Carroll's last year is there. So if it looks like the Seattle Seahawks franchise is about to, you know, really, I wouldn't say tank, but maybe try to try to fix what is wrong with them. Bobby Wagner could be cut after this year for only like $3 million. Not that they're going to do that, but it is, he only has two years left on his contract regardless. And with his numbers, go ahead. Sorry. With his numbers declining slowly. I mean, he's still a a pretty elite player, but he is, like you said, 31. So um, if my team's not in win now mode and uh, someone is, is wanting Bobby Wagner, I would, uh, I would definitely uh, try to try to move him and get something. For, you know, a future asset because Jordan Brooks, they didn't draft him in the first round, you know, for depth. I mean, Jordan Brooks is going to come in when KJ Wright leaves or, or Bobby Wagner. I mean, so I, I would definitely look to move him if, if the price was right, especially if I'm not in win mount now mode. If I am and I think I have a championship team, he's worth he's worth rostering because he can get you that ring because he's he's still putting up pretty good numbers. Yeah, pretty good number still. And like you said, look, look, he's consistent. You know what you're going to get. It's not going to feel, you know, you're not going to get the new hotness. You're not going to get the rush, the blaze of glory. But you're going to get, like we said, you know, we have him ranked, I think, a low-end linebacker one. So we're going to move on down the list. Our number nine linebacker. This is a guy that don't forget about Eric Kendricks, y'all. Uh, Eric Kendricks last season, listen to this, last season, Eric Kendricks, before he went down with injury, um, I believe it was week 11 was the linebacker four. He was points per game, linebacker five, behind Devin White, Roquan Smith, Darius Leonard, and TJ Watt only. That's only our big dogs in fantasy football, okay? Eric Kendricks was right on their heels. 107 tackles. Doesn't really sound like anything special, but... For Eric Kendricks, that was a career year he was pacing for tackle-wise. Uh, 69 solos, 13 impact plays, 
like I said, the season was cut short. He could have easily pushed up towards that 20 mark. Six of those were pass deflections. If you go back and look at Eric Kendricks' profile the last couple of years, he had a lot of pass deflections the year before last as well. I think he had what was it, uh, 10 or 11. Um, six this year. You know, he, his running mate, Eric Wilson, was also making a lot of noise this season. But Eric Kendricks, because of the ACL tear that he uh, did suffer, um, you know, it's just it feels like people are are kind of forgetting about him at times. Yeah, and and it's, I mean, kind of pretty easy to do, but he, the numbers are there, like you're saying. I mean, it, there's oh, no he reason did, not to. Let out, me, right? uh, let me, he had a calf injury, not an ACL tear. Oh, that's my bad. That's good, though. I'm happy that it was just a calf injury. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the pass deflections. I mean, 2019, he had 12 pass deflections. That's awesome. In 2016, he had nine. So you can kind of count on him having a six almost being a, a good medium. So that, that that's something nice that he provides that a lot of a lot of players aren't able to do. Um, and he's he's he keeps building. His numbers keep improving, you know, year after year. So I, I see no reason why not they're not going to continue to do so with his new role. Yeah. And, you know, this this defense is better with him on the field. They were also missing uh, Anthony Barr last year. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of going through a transition phase. They were missing their pre- pass rush was really weak without Daniel Hunter. So um, it's I think things are when we get back on the field this year with the Vikings, Eric Kendricks, I think his, he's being drafted right now uh, at his floor. Maybe that's the best way to say it. And when you actually sit back and look at his ceiling, it's as high as any other linebacker um, that we've talked about so far. And like you said, it's because it's been a crescendo. It's been building up to that. We don't have necessarily as much of a track record of success for him, but when you actually look, you know, pen to paper at what he was doing this last year and the career and the type of role that he has, he can be that guy for your team. Um, One of my biggest mistakes in IDP that I've ever made or just in fantasy in general was a couple of years ago, I traded Eric Kendricks away um, as he was ascending and I still look at him on somebody else's team, scoring them lots of points, and it's just not a good feeling, you know. And I wish you, I would have seen it. Do you recall what you got in return? Um, I think I might have got Fred Warner, who I really do not like. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. I was, you know, I, I was being inceptioned myself. I thought I was being so smart, and now I'm just like, gosh. And you probably turn around and told Fred. I mean, I know you don't you, your love for Fred Warner, so I know you moved him shortly after i've honestly it's been hard to get rid of fred warner for everybody talking him up so much nobody wants him yeah. all right we're gonna move on to our next guy on the list that is patrick queen linebacker for the baltimore ravens rookie this last year had a pretty prolific season uh in my opinion 106 total tackles, not like crazy high numbers, but he really made up for it in the big plays. Two pass deflections, nine tackles for loss as a rookie. Uh, Like I said, we were just talking about Bobby Wagner, who's played nine seasons, only broke uh, double digits three times. So for a young rookie to come in and get up to that kind of number just shows you that his his instincts are there and his ability to get behind the line are there. Um, And, you know, he had two touchdowns. You know, a lot of people are going to hold that against him, say, you know, he had too many big plays. And I've I've been a victim of that because you know who I did that to? Devin White, two years ago. When he had two fumble recovery touchdowns and like a zillion fumble recovery yards, you know, I said, you know, it's he's too good. He can't do, you know, he can't be like that. Well, you know, boo-hoo to you. What do you know? I mean, that sometimes um, ability is just, you know, indicative of more ability. Sometimes making plays is being an, an indicator of a, 
player being able to make plays, you know? So sometimes you just have to buy into that. Um, he seems like he's being used the way that you want him to be used. Uh, you know, Harbaugh is blitzing him a decent amount, not really forcing him to play coverage, which I feel like what I remember hearing about him a lot coming out from, you know, LSU is how good he was in coverage, only two pass deflections. So, you know, I don't know, maybe he is, maybe he's not, but he did blitz 86 times according to pro football reference. That's a really high number for a guy who's only out there 850 snaps. But if he continues to get used like that, and we do know that Baltimore likes to get creative with their pass rush, with their safeties, with their corners, and with their linebackers, I don't see any reason that he should not be a top 12 linebacker coming into the season, even though he hasn't done it yet. Oh, sorry about that. It's on me. Uh, the only thing about him that you kind of look at, it was kind of not what you want to see, is he had a high number of missed tackles, 21 missed tackles. Um, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So you take that tackle number that he already put out, and you cut out, you know, 21 of them, I mean, he could have had a heck of a, a lot more tackles this year. Um, so I'd like to see that number obviously shrink. I mean, that was 16%, you know, of a missed tackle rate. So surely he's going to improve on that. And if he does, that's just going to bump his floor up even more. Damn, I didn't realize that. Yep. That's some scary shit. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 21 missed tackles and on top of, you know, the fact that he had 106 combined. So, you know, 120-plus tackle floor is yeah. pretty nice for a rookie. Yeah, he cleaned that up, especially on limited snaps. He cleans that up. He might be cooking with gas. Look out. <laughs> Look out, world. Here he Look comes. Out. Patrick Queen. Look up. Yeah, he, he's he's going to be a, a – I think he's going to be an elite talent. Uh, he just, again, has to do that. And I, I've, I've definitely heard you mention in the past he, he got – I guess he got benched a couple times during the season. Yeah, he was get he got burned in coverage once or twice, and he got sat down. Yeah, which is good. I mean, honestly, that that I it, not knowing him, but he could take that the right way, you know, and and that could be good for him. Um, I, and I like that a lot of NFL defensive coaches or whoever did make that decision wouldn't do that. And I think maybe that that might be a, might bode well for him. Yeah, I mean, he played really good the rest of the way, from what I recall. Um, so yeah. I'm in on Patrick Queen. We're going to stick in division, and we're going to bring up the number 11 linebacker for us on our consensus list today. That is Devin Bush. Third season, he'll be playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This guy did have an ACL tear. Uh, I believe it was week five. Finished out the season uh, on the IR. They say he should be back now. Uh, start of the season, should be fully healthy. Um, he was playing a little bit at a slower clip than he was as a rookie this second year. Um, you know, sometimes guys start slow. You know, he's not the only guy that things like that have happened to. I know Jabril Pepper started slow last season. Um, there's a couple other pass rushers kind of started slow. Two years ago, Aaron Donald started slow. But I believe he would have ended up uh, finishing the season quite well had he fin played it out, especially on the, the defense that he's on, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, Devin Bush, uh, yeah, I mean, he's averaged like eight tackles a game, which is what you'd like to see. I think the snaps were due to increase from his rookie season where he only played like 85%-ish, similar to kind of Patrick Queen. He had similar to Patrick Queen's numbers actually as rookies, uh, but Devin Bush actually had more impact plays. He had 22 as a rookie. So he and, uh, he and Devin White are always going to be compared to each other coming in. But if you actually go back and look, Devin White was the more productive rookie of he and Devin Bush. Uh, uh, Devin Bush was the more productive rookie of he and Devin White as rookies. Um, 
You know, Devin White actually didn't start the season out too hot either last season. Now I'm thinking about it. I actually remember a couple of guys asking me if they should start him. I had one guy even ask me if he should drop Devin White early in the season. So guys started out slow. Um, so I'm not too worried about Devin Bush. He's still a tier, you know, a top two tier linebacker for me. And he comes in at our consensus 11. What are your thoughts on him coming into the year? Well, he's got the the tools and he's in the he's got a perfect position there. You know, he, he landed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You couldn't ask for a better place to be as a linebacker. Um, he's going to produce. He's going to put up the numbers. I, I, I just want to – we want to see more out of him. Like I said, it's year three. We've really only got one full season. So I'm uh, pretty excited to, to see what he can do, see if we could have – maybe we've seen his floor, and, and that's what I'm hoping for. I think his rookie season very well could be the floor for Devin Bush. We can only hope and pray. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we tell you guys our last linebacker one in our consensus rankings, we're going to let you give a shout out. We're going to give a shout out to our folks over at Monkey to Fight. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. If you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight yet, you're definitely going to do that. Let me tell you what they have to offer, all right? Monkey Knife Fight is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play. The users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than a contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports. You guys should too. Get started today with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 if you use the promo code IDP Army. That's only for the first time or new depositors only, but hopefully you guys are getting in there, winning some money, having a good time, and make sure whenever you guys get in there, and if you do win a little bit of money, you know, which is what we want you to do, take those winnings, go sign up with the Patreon, Patreon. Com. That'll get you into the IDP Army Patreon, where you can check out the Ultimate IDP Index, the Discord channel, and all that other good stuff. So, IDP Army, you know what to do. Back to the show. We're back y'all and we have the number 12 linebacker for you a man you probably all know because he is the most gassed up linebacker in the nfl and that is freddie prince warner fred warner linebacker from the faithful the san francisco 49ers fred warner finished last season with 125 tackles 79 solo not a great number six pass deflections though love to see that five tackles for loss 16.6 points per game. That's not super great. But here he is because that's what our consensus told us he was. Curious thing about him, last season, I believe, up until, what was it, week 15, he was linebacker like 30. Um, Wasn't looking good for all Fred Warner. And then in week 16 and 17, he went nuclear, produced 25% of his total fantasy points for the season in week 16, your championship game in 17, the week no one played to put himself as a finisher into the top 12 at linebacker. Uh, Actually top 15. I think he was 13, which is really super annoying because he was not great all season long, but here he is. Like I said, I talked enough trash on him. 
Fred Warner, are we expecting him to progress, you know, be more of the, an impact player than he really is? He seems like an impact player, but 11 in 2018, 24 in 2019, okay, you like to see that, but then 17 again in 2020, uh, same coaching staff and all that. With Robert Sala now moving on to the Jets, do we do you see more of a traditional kind of uh, a role for, for Fred Warner where he's able to make more plays on the ball as uh, the traditional linebacker instead of being forced to cover so much, which he was you know asked to do a lot in Sala's defense, and he was really he's really good in coverage, but you can see the tackle floor – isn't what you want. 125 tackles, just not what I'm looking for from my linebacker one, really. Yeah, and I, I kind of think what we're seeing is, is about what he has to offer. I, I I like Fred Warner, but the price is usually too high to obtain him. Um, I think what we're seeing is basically what we're going to get. I don't see him doing anything more as far as uh, much higher on the impact plays. I mean, I think his tackle floor is he's hell. He's been pretty much consistent. What 124, 118, and 125. So he's kind of grouped right there. We kind of can see what we're going to get out of his tackle floor. The pass deflections are nice. Um, you know, six, nine, and six. So that that's that's a plus. Um, but he doesn't get to the QB really. And uh, you would like, like you said, to see more of a tackle floor out of him. So I think. What we're seeing is what we're going to get out of Fred Warner, which isn't, I mean, having a, the, you know, a top 12 linebacker isn't a bad, it's not like he's bad. It's just you want more out of it, and I, I just don't think he's going to be able to give it to us. Yeah, you know, he's he's boom bust, so he can have those big weeks. You know, maybe if his big weeks would have happened in the first three weeks of the season, I would view him differently. I wouldn't yeah. give him so much of a hard time. Um, but. You know, when you watch a guy all season and there's just not much to say about him, you know, you just that that sticks with you, that sour taste in your mouth, um, especially for a guy like Fred Warner. Like I said, he's coming off that Super Bowl year. He and Greenlaw had a really good run as far as the linebackers can have, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, and for San Francisco, I mean, just stopping people in the playoffs at the goal line, just making moves. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of hype and you wanted more, but. The reality is, like you said, I think we've seen the best from him, and that's probably a 120-ish tackle season and, you know, 20, 25 impact plays. And, you know, if you want to be Tier 1 linebacker, you got to be able to push up to 150 and 25-plus, you know. And if that's not in your range of outcomes, finishing as a top three linebacker probably isn't in your range of outcomes either. But a low-end linebacker, too, with some upside, you know, with some ambiguity, with the new coaching system coming in, uh, with Sala away from the team, maybe maybe things uh, begin going, uh, you know, stonks start going up for Fred Warner. So, yeah, and and for reference, like I, I think you could uh, a guy could probably move Fred Warner and get a guy like Devin Bush, you know, who, who's a year separated from injuries, kind of out of the mind of of a lot of fantasy managers. I feel like Fred Warner's valued higher than Devin Bush. You could probably get a Devin Bush. And then, you know, a fourth or a fifth, you know, something small, which in reality is you're already upgrading its position already. So, you know, anything you get after that's a plus. Yeah. Agreed. Especially if you try to target the guy who got beat in the, you know, championship game by a manager who owned Fred Warner. That'd probably be who you could, <laughs> who you could send him to. I love it. All right. Well, that's all for me, IDP Army. Jordan Reigns with my co-host Joe Herboff. Joe, any news or anything to shut us out with here? 
Uh, no, just appreciate you guys and and always, you know, leave a leave a comment. Let us know how we did, what you thought, you know, who who you think we kind of left out, you know, that you would think would be a top 12 because, you know, you don't have to agree with us. Amen. I'm sure many of you won't. So and you'll let us know. So like I said, go hop into the Patreon, guys. Uh, thank you for the Patreons. Go get on the Discord channel. Go get the Ultimate IDP Index. It's popping. Um, we're taking off. We're blasting off IDP Army. So we'll be back next time with linebackers 13 through 24 until then take it easy let the rain hit the sand build the house on the rock got a plan gotta get stocks keep them bands hit the clock tick blades on the fan used to be mundane on a monday now you have fun day on a sunday because you're switching it up and you're living it up you ain't getting it enough